Did he get up? I mean, of all things to say. What? <laughs> what? I want a victory beer. <laughs> He's a seven-time champion. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again in the Bojangles studio for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download with my co-host, Mike Davis. It is Thursday, April the 6th, and we are coming off of yesterday's show uh, where we had a great conversation with Tony Fur. Tony Fur, probably not a name that a lot of our newer NASCAR fans are aware of. Won a couple races at the cup level. Uh, was one of the guys that was always kind of had a reputation for cheating or, you know, creative ideas uh, within the NASCAR rule book. And we pushed him a little bit to give us some of those stories. And um, also, one of the things that I was pretty excited about was to be able to learn some of the things that he knew about my dad. My dad drove race cars for him at Metrolina back when dad was flat broke. And things were tough, man. And, Mike, we learned some things about dad that I didn't know, which rarely happens, but it does happen. And when it does happen, it's always at this table. Yeah. Like, I'm not learning these things out in the, out in the wilderness. But we learned that Dale Earnhardt uh, run around without a driver's license. Yeah. Uh, probably had a couple of, uh, you know, DUIs, whatever. Um, Tony wasn't sure, but he'd lost his license. And uh, I knew, you know, by listening to Tony Sr. and uh, my Uncle Robert G., that Dad was wide-ass open on the highways, you know, um, speeding, breaking laws, doing whatever. And – so there's no surprise to me, I guess, that he run a foul and got himself in a little bit of trouble and lost his license. But, um, yeah, the fact that he might have been running around for years without one and no care in the world, still driving up and down the road, pretty crazy. Brazen, very brazen. Tony might have been sarcastic, but he might not have been when yep. he said that he thinks that Dale Earnhardt's first driver's license might have come at the age of 31. Yeah. And so I was <laughs> – Good heavens. I asked Tony about what disagreements that – my dad and my grandfather, Robert G., might have had my grandfather on my mother's side. So, you know, dad and mom get split up and divorced right around the time that Tony is uh, has my dad driving his dirt car, 77, 78. And I had heard stories where my mom had to talk some sense into my father after a race at Metrolina where I guess dad was driving someone else's car but got into an argument or a fight at the racetrack with, with Robert G. And um, dad was, you know, was, was really out of his mind, and mama had to talk him off the ledge there. But, and I was trying to see if Tony knew anything about that particular story, but he's telling me a whole different story where dad, you know, goes over to Robert G's, and Robert G comes out of the building uh, going to give him a whooping with a, uh, with a belt, fan belt. With a fan belt, yeah. And, um, which is interesting. And, and, you know, I, Hey man, they had a divorce. They had fights. They had arguments. They, I know my mom and I know my dad and I bet there were some really nasty, nasty arguments. Um, and I'm sure that if mom went over to Robert G's and told him what all went down, he's absolutely going to be furious, right? And si- and, and, and want to take after and look after his, his daughter. Um, and so for, I, the ball, the balls that dad had to even go over there knowing there could be some potential hurt feelings and frustrations um 
I can't even imagine these the time I, I the times that my dad lived and the way they lived in the seventies, uh, right before dad's cup career took off, right before that, right? 76, 77, 78. He was a pistol. He was a handful. How about the stories of throwing out the, uh, the, the lug nuts out of the car right. just, to, just to break windows yeah. of people that pissed him off, which <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy. It don't sound like the same guy. I know. You know, I mean, I did some dumb shit, um, hitting mailboxes with mail, baseball bats, and, and I regret it. Everybody and anybody I ever tore up your mailbox, I feel like a real ass. Um, and, and it's kind of along those lines, I guess. Um, me and some buddies, we bought some eggs, going egg some cars, egg some dry, you know, egg some, egg some things. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. We're going to throw, throw eggs at shit. Yeah. We're driving down the road. We got the eggs and eggs, carton eggs sitting in my buddy's lap. In pickup truck, I was probably sixteen, and we're driving in in oncoming traffic, right uh, on in the other lane. He tossed an egg over the top of the truck, and it and it hit the front of this box van, and sound like a damn shotgun because it's on my side. I didn't know what the hell he threw over. I couldn't egg, believe an egg made such a loud racket, but um, dangerous, yeah. you know. And and you know, so I, I I'm not gonna sit here and be a hypocrite and say what the hell is Daddy thinking? He, I, he had done a lot of dumb stuff, but. Goodness, man! Well, the hypocrite, the hypocrisy would be if he got mad at you for the eggs. That's the thing. Like he did. He he would. He you know, I stole a traffic cone. Right? He, he <laughs> who doesn't steal a traffic cone in their time? Right? We were riding around in the back of the mall. Ain't nobody in the parking lot. Hey, man, grab it, damn cone. When I drive by it, grab the cone and just kind of swing it into the bed of the truck, and and here we go. I take the cone home, and Daddy gets all pissed off because I got a cone. Where'd you get the cone? Take it back. I'm like. Man, it ain't no big deal. There's a hundred of them out there. Um, you know, everybody needs a traffic cone in their bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wished he was here. I'd be like, hey, what the hell, dude? Sit down and tell me some of these stories. We don't got to record it for the There's podcast. There's so many. Uh, so many but damn it, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. Clean up. Tell yeah. me about it. T- come clean with all this stuff. Yeah. Nitrous and everything. Nitrous. It started, yeah. And I, listen, I didn't ask that to Tony yesterday, but. It was Tommy Russell that told us the nit- the yeah. first nitrous uh, story, right? And it, it, as I put the timeline together, Tom, he drove for Tommy Russell before he drove for Tony Fur. That's right. So you know that those Tony Fur, Tony Fur's like everybody had to run nitrous. You know he was running nitrous with Tony Fur too. We didn't. I didn't ask him. I, it's in my mind. I'm just assuming that he's saying everybody ran it. Yeah. So and you know he's talking about the different ways. Um, <laughs> you would hide it, hide the bottle. But anyways, you know that that was going on. Yeah. I don't think it was a one-time thing with Tommy Russell. But um, how about the story, Dale, of uh, them getting run out of the race for him planting the uh, – the, the, Wrecking the guy. The, yeah, the Dickie Armstrong or whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, wrecking him, the rain coming out, and then him having to jump off the truck and yeah. onto the – I mean, like, have you ever heard that? No. That is insane. It also is – feels a little heroic too i mean like i i thought that that just added in a good way to this whole like legacy and badassery of dale earnhardt i don't know if you felt the same way i I did all right so they're broke and they know they need the first or second place money Mm -hmm. and they are they get passed by granddaddy's car and he he tried to uh you know from listening to tony daddy tried to move him but didn't you know didn't have the speed to do it 
and uh, don't know that he would have planted him into the guardrail, being that it was granddaddy's car and they park right next to each other. But he wrecks the hell out of the other guy that he don't know. Hell, this guy come from Florida, some hot shoe from, you know. This, you Trying know. to take the money. Yeah, he's like, you know, hell, this guy, hell, man, I'll wreck his ass. And he hooks him and wads him up. Yeah. And because uh, I guess that's, that's how bad he needed that money. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing, man. I've never ran a race, so I can't put myself in that frame of mind because I've never ran a race sitting there going, oh, shit. I can't lose this position because I'm not going to make the money I need to make. You know what I mean? With a hole in your radiator, too. Like, but I'm just saying, how do you, how, do, how, I've never, unfortunately you know, for me, I don't know that I or a lot of people in this day and age have ever been in the race car thinking, you know, you're going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to finish in this position. I don't give a damn what it takes. And and literally wrecking a guy into the fence is what one of what the things I'll take. do. Yeah. yeah, and he does and he does it. Um, desperate times, man. Just, yeah, I was just thinking racing to survive sounds God. a lot like what that would be. Anytime else you use it, that so, sounds like an overstatement. Yeah. But I, mean, I think that's exactly what they were doing. So listening to Tony Senior tell some stories about Dad um, around this time during this time, right? Dad worked as a um, Dad worked as a welder at Great Dane. Um, and would, if he needed to go race and the work would not accommodate that, he quit because he knew that he could walk in there a month later and get the same job back because hmm. he was, he, you know, he was a hard worker, knew how to do this shit, and they needed it. They needed the guy. Um, so, but he, the thing about that is, is what I'm trying to bring up in, and t listen to my mom tell stories. Tony's first confirmed it a little bit here. Tony senior dad would, dad wanted to race and he did whatever it took to race. He, he would quit work. He would quit, you know, he would quit a job, lose his pay check for however many weeks. Um, we'd eat scraps you know we'd eat bologna sandwiches every day um and he you know he the rent or the rent or the power or whatever the electrical all that stuff would get pushed back um not paid on time we'd go without uh we'd go without uh we'd go without the uh you know heater you know they he, they had these tanks on the on the back of the trailers that you'd have to fill up to ca to to have heat to have to burn the flame and heat the house, and he'd come in there with two dollars worth or five dollars worth, just kind of piecing it together, right? Never filling that forty gallon tank up or mm -hmm. whatever you know whatever that fifty five gallon tank. And so you know he just was like day to day, just like Tony said. You know they had. I got. I can't get it today. I ain't got the money. All right, we'll try to get it tomorrow. What do I got to do tomorrow? What do I got to do now to get that money to do that? You know, and it was literally going from you know buck to buck. And he would quit his job to go race, and everything else had to suffer. You know, bills, the family, Christmas, whatever. Right, and he he knew what he needed to make to race or to get to the racetrack and buy the tires he needed. And if he couldn't, you know, and he's all, he's running around getting, but you know, he's running around to Robert G., Tom Pistone, Russ, Tommy Russell, and anyone else who would give him something for nothing 
You know, hey man, I got a hole in my radiator. I ain't buying a brand new damn radiator. Breaking into junkyards. Yeah. Midnight. Right. Probably the same junkyard he was in earlier that day getting the motor out of. Exactly. He's walking around in there going, damn, I need that too. I'm coming here tonight. I'm going to come in here at midnight and get it. And just brazen. So brazen. I can't believe how just brazen he was. Like Tony said, he was he was fearless. Yeah, but I mean, it, there's there seems to be context around that now that really is telling about about your dad. To be for me, at least, we've had a bunch of guests on here that have talked about your dad and was even from that time. But to be honest with you, this is the first time that I was listening to stuff where I'm like, okay, maybe this actually explains a lot yeah, uh, about him. I mean, like, just hear me out on this. If he's if he's literally racing to survive or le- racing to make it to the next race, right? And you're saying to yourself. I must finish here to be able to make it to the next paycheck or to make, to get make through the, the winter or to, yeah, like yeah. get through the winter. Right. I, I had a, a great aunt who grew up in the great depression. She ended up, she died extremely wealthy, extremely wealthy. You never know it. she never threw anything away. She grew up in the great depression. And so it, it affected her the rest of her life, 90 years where you would never know because she never would throw anything away because she grew up in, in the most repressible years. Her young years were in the Great Depression, also trying to survive. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, sometimes if that's when you're growing up, and that's, maybe, that's, maybe he's racing that way the rest of his life just because that's all he knew. That's in his most impressionable years when he's trying to make it. He's like, hell yeah, I'm going to put a dang door to you. Doesn't matter how successful or how many championships he has at that point. Yeah. It's who he is as a racer. Yeah. It's how he grew up. I don't know. It just, to me, Tony Fur gave us a lot of context behind how we ended up with the Intimidator. And that was from, it sounded to me like a guy that was just trying to make it through the winter, like you said. Yeah. That was, was a hell of a way to say it. Yeah. I'm just glad he was honest. We had to, we had to, we had to pry it out of him. He wasn't, he, cause he didn't want to talk bad about dad. He didn't want to say, he was like, man, you know, some, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you about the lug nuts, right? You know, but we eventually broke him, got him comfortable, well, and he doesn't have much of a poker face. So, like, he's like he he would grin yeah. through through everything. What did I you just, think? Oh, go ahead. I was just, you know, I'm glad that he finally, you know, trusted us. We're like, hey, man, just share, just tell us the truth. If if we think it's you know too insane, you know, it's a podcast. It's not live. We <laughs> right. can make adjustments. But um, Anyway, I, I was a great conversation. I was glad we got him over here. I was, you know, interested in his own career as a cup on, uh, cup crew chief and so forth. And good to hear some of those stories and and his frustrations over some things that happened in his career and the you know how he learned how to get those cars to go really fast at Daytona and Talladega and so forth. The rate you know he ends up going there and winning in 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 uh, uh, with John Andretti in Kale Yarborough's car. You know, in a car that nobody thought was a front running car. But he could find ways to make it go fast. And, yeah. Um, I really felt like he is an innovator. I think we oh, use the word. Oh, he's one of the. We use innovator almost yeah. as tongue in cheek about talking about a cheater. But like yeah. I, I, I got well, the sense less that he insult- was really innovative. Well, it's a less insulting way. I mean, you don't want to sit across from a guy like that and go, tell me how you cheated, man. Tell me how the things you did to cheat. You're going to, you know, you, you say innovator because you won't, you don't want to insult them. Yeah. And you want them to tell you the story. And, you know, it's. So much time has passed. Let you know. I hope I love. I hope these guys, you know, understand that it doesn't mean any. It doesn't mean anything. It's not a knock against their, you know. I, that's a compliment. I, yeah, it's a compliment. So at least here it is for him. Yeah, it is in this room. You're going to be appreciated for, you know, sharing some of the ways that you were creative 
and saw holes in the rule book or found ways to get a car through tech and and th- you know pass the prying eyes of you know nascar yeah. officials the break the breakaway jack bolts um you know Inc- good heavens incredible what a genius yeah some dude that's making springs down in Georgia or whatever yeah. is coming up with these things. I mean, like, wow. Yeah, man. Pretty fun. Great conversation. Hope you guys will – if you haven't listened to it, well, I know a lot of people are talking about our Thursday show. Really appreciate it. Thank you for that, too. Giving us a lot of great compliments on our Thursday show, our wrap-up show. I wasn't sure how you know popular this one would be, but we have a lot of fun on it. Um, and uh, But anyways, I hope you'll go back and listen to Tony's conversation. A lot of cool things in there. Make sure that um, you remember next week we won't have a Dale Jr. download, but Business and Motorsports Part 2, Kelly Earnhardt's new podcast, uh, will be running next week in this time slot uh, next Tuesday. They have Marcus Smith, and I know we've had Marcus on a lot, but um, Kelly's going to be asking him questions that, um, that, I, that I haven't thought to ask. They're going to be diving into the business model uh, and – Mike, you told me that you guys got some input on what he believes the future is for North Wilsboro Speedway. I'm anxious to hear that. I know we've kind of asked him that, but now that we're this far down the road and North Wilsboro is a true reality, um, and uh, what does it mean? Be What is going to happen after this All-Star race? We're going to go to the All-Star race, have a great time, but I'm more worried about what goes on at Wilsboro beyond that. I know that he wants the Cars Tour to come back multiple times a year. So I know that he has a plan that that place will continue to function. He would not be putting all this effort in and renovation in for it not to have a for, uh, a long-term future. So uh, what is that? I hope you guys uh, got some great answers from Marcus. I got one more question I want to throw at you real quick. Go ahead. Uh, I asked Marcus because, I, uh, you know, it, there's a perception out there from us who just read Sports Business Journal or whatever it is. Is it like, you know, there's that these uh, negotiations between RTA – and the track owners in NASCAR are tense, and maybe they are, right? But the fact is is that I, uh, we wanted to know a little bit about that from the track vantage point, but more than that, I wanted to know what can the tracks be doing better with the teams to improve that relationship? Because I sense that there's a little tension or a little just frustration that the drivers don't do enough to help support the tracks. Mm-hmm. The tracks, the teams will tell you the tracks just charge them too much for just to be able to park a, a souvenir trailer. And so it's like, hey, let's just go, what can we do? If we're all in this together, what can the tracks be doing better to help that relationship? And what can the drivers and race teams be yeah. doing better for the tracks? Kelly's first installment of business and motorsports uh, was well-received. People really loved to hear uh, how Kelly, K- Kelly's, at, I mean, I, let's be, Let's be honest. Kelly's better at the business side of this than I am. She knows a lot more about what's going on in the sport and knows exactly the type of questions that need to get asked in these situations when you can sit in front of these people. They, the, the first installment of that was really well received. I think this one will be too. That's right. Um, we got a couple of announcements to make. Uh, the Sundrop Paint Scheme announcement. That's right. This morning. All right. So uh, going back to North Wilsboro Speedway with a Sundrop car uh, for All-Star Week. A lot, of pro- a lot of people might have saw that coming, but um, if, you, if you didn't, yeah, we're going to bring that car back and run it again. One of the reasons why I wanted to run this car again, not only do I love the nostalgia of the paint scheme itself, we have a new um, partnership um, with Sundrop to help promote their brand around this area, which I love. My father had the same relationship with them years ago, but 
Um, Lionel will have a new tool for the late model stock car. So we, you know, they they've used an old old tool for last year's car. Heard a lot of response from fans. They want a new modern tool or a modern mold for the late model stock car, and you will be able to buy. Uh, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, the new modern take on the Lionel late model stock car. And why is this important? Not only for for our fans, myself, to get this Sundrop car right. I have one of the older models right here on the desk. Um, it's going to be cool to get this car, this this Sundrop car, in a modern take. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that love to do the customs. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so Lionel will sell a lot of these Sundrop cars that are actually going to get sandblasted and 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 redone as their own custom designs. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys out there, girls out there that are that are doing these customs themselves. I buy customs on eBay from a particular guy that creates a lot of different customs that I enjoy collecting. Um, and so I think you know Lionel probably uh, appreciates the people that are buying these diecasts for whatever reason it is. Uh, we're going to see some really cool customs come out. Uh, a lot of the guys that run in the cars tour are going to be lining up to get their customs made by some folks. So that's just a neat thing that, you know, there's a tool, there's a car out there that you'll be able to, to, to you know, if you drive a light mile stock car, um, you'll liable to be able to have your own car uh, custom made using this, this die cast car. So that's kind of cool. Also, me and Marcus Smith are going to be on Race Hub tonight. All right. Going on Race Hub tonight. Ain't going to tell you why. You'll have to tune in. Uh, but we got something cool to tell you. All right. Um, Looking forward to it. Yep, make sure you uh, you know make sure you're tuning in this weekend. Bristol Dirt's gonna be a lot of fun watching the truckers race around there. There's a lot of cars or a lot of guys, uh, Cup drivers, Davenport, Davenport, um, one of the you know, hottest, if not the hottest, uh, dirt late model racer out uh, around right now is going to be competing in the truck series um, as well as the Cup series. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of really cool things happening at the Bristol Dirt race this weekend, Easter weekend. I know a lot of people are gonna be. Uh, doing things with their family, but uh, there's some Easter functions happening out at the racetrack. Mike, you talked about it Tuesday uh, on the Dale Jr. download of Dirty Air, where uh, you know the track's doing everything they can to make it not only a great race weekend, but also to give you that Easter uh, celebration or that traditional you know um, Easter experience with your family. So uh, check all that out. BristolTix.com is where you can go buy tickets uh, for that race this weekend. I think you should do it. Yep. Bristol Ticks, T-I-X. Also, don't forget, we've got the Denny Hamlin appeal today. We're taping this Thursday morning, so it's not like we know the results of that. But I'm sure that uh, if it comes out here in a little while, maybe after this podcast drops, uh, we'll go on Dirty Mo Live and react to it if there's anything to you know react to. But that's appeal day today for Denny. So we'll see how that de- develops. So we've had a lot of fun on this show, on a Thursday show, playing some games, right? And um, basically what we've done in the past, which is way freaking harder than you think, we have... Uh, You're eating this candy. I am. <laughs> Can you hear it? I'm doing it too. I'm trying to, I'm trying hard not to make it ob- uh, obvious, but yeah, just so you know, these candy cigarettes are, are legit. I mean, like, <laughs> we're just sitting here chewing them and podcasting. Now here, let me get rid of that. No, no, don't. No. Well, I don't want to smack it. It's Amy's right. smacking. That was Amy's oh, mm-hmm. biggest pet peeve. So, gotcha. anyways, we played a lot of games on, on the Thursday show. 
And basically, you take one drive, you know, you take multiple teams in sort of a tic tac toe format uh, and say, okay, what driver has drove for both these teams? And then you get the square, right? And uh, Mike is 2 0. Mike has won both episodes. Uh, and dang it, we're going to keep playing until I win. And then we won't play it ever again. <laughs> Fair. It's really hard. I think this is the one where you absolutely are going to annihilate don't know. me. I don't know, man. I'm telling you right now that this has been this has been a really, really difficult uh, game. But we're going to change it up this time. It's now sponsors. Yeah. I guess what sponsor has been with the same driver? Mm-hmm. And so, Mike, since you're two and zero, I'm going to allow you to go first. Well, all right. Go ahead, Alex. Set us Alex, up. Make Alex. sure the listeners know what we're doing. Okay, yeah. Go so ahead, the Alex. same thing as we played the last two weeks: tic tac toe. Across the top, we got Budweiser, Bass Pro Shops, and Coors Light. Then down the left side, we got Mobile One, McDonald's, and Valvoline. Now, we've kind of flipped back and forth where you can use multiple drivers and you can't. You can use the same driver for multiple squares, but there is a way to fill out this board without doing so. Okay. But just keep that in mind. For my sanity, I'm changing that rule. So Budweiser, Bass Pro, Coors Light across the top, Mobile One, McDonald's, Valvoline down the bottom. Yes. Oh, this is Dale. This is Dale's wheelhouse. I'm just saying. This yeah. is him. He knows drivers, sponsors. I, I mean, this is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. But let's try it. Now, there's one, there's one other little stipulation I have. They had to run multiple races. So they could have ran just two, but not no one-offs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so, but by multiple races, at least at least two. two. Yes. Oh. Okay. So, Mike, yes, you won. You get to go first. I won. I get to go first. Um, I'm gonna go. Try to. I know some, but I'm I'm trying to go for the middle. Going straight. I'm I'm trying to go for the middle where it's Bass Pro Shops and McDonald's, and I'm what? Hold on, McDonald's. 45 seconds. Okay. All right. I, I can't think of it. Uh, I'm just going to go up top right. Mobile One, Coors Light. David Strimmy? Incorrect. God dang. I, this, is, this sucks so bad. <laughs> All right. I'll take the middle square. Middle square. What do you got? McMurray. Yes, correct. I, I was thinking McMurray, but I couldn't. I didn't do it. All right, so Dale just took the middle. All right, I'm done. Yep, Dale's got the middle first on the board. And then, is it his turn? No, it's or your is turn. it my turn? It's your turn now. There's a couple on here. I thought you'd get right off the bat. All right. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm going after a, sp- a specific square, but I'm just like, why am I drawing a blank on this? Um but now I don't want to say what square I'm going after because he'll <laughs> <laughs> he'll steal. All right, Budweiser, Valvoline, Dale, Dale Jr. I thought he only ran once in Valvoline. Yeah, in Valvoline, that was my research. It was That's a throwback at Darlington. I couldn't find if you All ran right, it another I time, it. so I I call it no. Dale can correct me if I'm wrong, but Budweiser, Budweiser, McDonald's, Bill Elliott. Correct. Of course. God dang. Coors Light. All right. So, and I can use a, a driver for the second time? You can, yes. I'll do. Bill Elliott and Coors Light. McDonald's. Also To correct. block Dale. So, Dale was going for the win. Now he's done. Win, yes. Yeah, tell him what they're doing, what he's got here. Yes, he was going for the win in the middle square. Mike blocked him by also using Bill Elliott for Coors Light and McDonald's. So, now. All right. Budweiser. Out. 
Valvoline. Casey Kane. God. Is that uh, right? Incorrect. No. That is not. He didn't run? Long. Nope. Didn't run Valvoline enough. Really? Yep. He ran it once? Once. Damn. Okay, hold up. I'm back in the game. Ah. Door is wide open. Hold up. Jeez. Mobile one. God dang, man. Which one are you looking for? I ain't telling. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I mean, like, I know who drove the mobile one. None of them drove these three. Uh... So Dale still kind of has control of the board here as the middle square. Yeah. So Mike right, is... All right, hold on. How much time I got? You are 40 seconds. I'm going to say Bass Pro Shops mobile one, Tony Stewart. Correct, yes. That was good. That, so that's the top middle there it doesn't really help me do anything i just it's the only one i can <laughs> top middle yeah. mics on the yeah the board <laughs> all i had all right now to dale um yeah the mobile one one's tough mobile one budweiser harvick yes correct mm, good one so all now right. that's top left so now dale can win if he gets bottom right so that means i gotta go get that and that is Valvoline Budweiser. Valvoline. No, Valvoline Coors Light. No. Bottom right. Oh, he can win twice. And yes, bottom right. He's got left. two things going. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Didn't fill it in yet. Yeah. This is Dale's revenge game here. No, he's got this one. All right, hold on. Oh, God. Um, I, I, I cannot think of who would drive a Valvoline car, but I'm just going to guess a Bud driver and just say... Um, Darrell Waltrip? Incorrect. All right. Mm. Back to Dale. Darrell Waltrip was a good guess, though. Uh, I don't remember too many Valvoline cars. That's my problem. I can't think of them. Yeah. They all feel like one-offs. I'm going to go Coors Light Valvoline. Copy. Kyle Petty's incorrect. I'll go same box. Kyle Larson. Incorrect. Damn. Back to Dale. That's, I think, the toughest one. Yeah. Um, Coors Light Valvoline, Robbie Gordon. Correct. God dang, Robbie Gordon. And Dale wins with the bottom right. Ran twice for Coors Light and Valvoline. For, for Valvoline who? for his own his own car. I believe in 2008, um, he had his own car. He had a Valvoline couple one-off separate races but ran twice and Coors Light he ran for Sapco who was the Budweiser Valvoline uh Neil Bonnet which I, I thought him, was I, I thought you down. guys would get and then the Coors Light Mobile One was Kyle Petty Mobile One I would what have car, never what was he mobile? ran two races uh for the Penske 12 in oh, 2000 Kyle yeah. Petty ran the Penske 12 what's the Valvoline Bass Pro Shops uh Mark Martin who filled in for Stewart during the Bass Pro Shops and then Valvoline. Filled in for who? Uh, Stewart. In one of those couple years where he got... Yeah, he filled in for Stewart for like half a season or yeah. something. It was pretty... Dude, that was hard. And I am impressed. Robbie Gordon, I, I still, even after yeah, you told guess. me, I cannot even picture him running for Coors Light or Valvoline. I remember Coors Light, but I was guessing on the Valvoline. I just assumed that maybe there was a... Hey, we're never playing these games again. Good job. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you later. That was hard. Um, no, nah, that was fun. I like that one, man. The yeah. sponsors. All right, I'm good at that. You're, you're, good you're at that. better at the other version. Well, 
I, I tell you what, that was a that was impressive. Listen, that was fun. It, it is fun. Do you get? I think I know what adds to the pressure. I don't know if you feel the same way, but don't you just hear people? listening going how can you not know this and they're just reeling them off in your head like they're in my head and and 100 (laughs) yeah yeah two and one now we got to have another game next week two and one we're gonna have to week i know i think think you said we're done with this i I end with a winning record i think well people can let us know should we keep bringing it back hey alex how long did it take you to build that board and 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 research (laughs) that So it took me a couple hours on Friday. Then I had to come back over the weekend, think about it, and I finished it Monday morning. Damn. All right, multiple days. (laughs) Yeah. All right, everybody. We've got another uh, episode of our Short Track Insider. We're going to jump right into that now with Hannah Newhouse. Here we go. Welcome back to another rundown of Short Track Insider and how is it already April? I mean, it's April and still across the country. We've got snow. We've got rain. Mother Nature. She's just she's just taking us for taking us for a spin so far early on in the year. A lot of cancellations over the weekend just due to bad forecasts, cold weather, saturated grounds. But a couple races still able to get their uh, get their races in. Essentially, one of those, of course, being the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, who somewhat preluded the weekend into Richmond with NASCAR and. Uh, it wasn't really a prelude because their Friday race got pushed into Saturday, and it was Austin Beers who was able to win his first NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour race after being pretty much dominant all weekend long. And again, that race originally was scheduled for Friday, was pushed into Saturday, so congratulations to Austin Beers on that. Richmond, definitely a cool place to win. There was also supposed to be a doubleheader this weekend down at Crisp Motorsports Park on Saturday and then Mobile on Sunday, but Crisp was rained out, so a majority of the field just went ahead and packed up, drove over, and ran Mobile, where a lot of eyes were on the super late model rivalry of Casey Roderick and Bubba Pollard. Again, we talked about that rivalry, kind of what happened on the last lap, I believe, down at 5 flags a couple weeks ago but it was Pollard who was the class of the field and able to take home the $15,000 paycheck on Sunday also on Sunday there was an exciting Apple Cup race that took place at Tri-City Raceway for the Northwest Super Late Model Series out in Benton City Washington and it looked like veteran racer Jonathan Gomez had pretty much set himself up to sail to success at the tricky tri-oval but young racer Casey Klein tangled with Gomez coming to the checkered flag handling that win over to Kyle Telstrom well we caught up with Telstrom and got what happened from his perspective and ultimately uh, being able to take home that checkered flag and that paycheck. From my view, um, after the restart, I knew that Klein was rattled a little bit and he was going to do everything he could to uh, get back to Jonathan's bumper. And I could see from, you know, my 15 cars back or so that I was that he was charged the last couple laps. And I saw him go into three there really hot and Jacob kind of was up the track and I saw Klein start shoving up the track towards him. And so... I knew it was coming and, and just glad it worked out in our favor that we get through without any trouble and, uh, you know, racing sometimes that's the way it goes. Well, this upcoming weekend is very light in the grand scheme of touring short track racing. A lot of people staying home celebrating Easter. So on Thursday this week, so again, if you're listening to it the day this drops tonight, Kyle Larson presents Flow Racing Late Model Challenges taking place at Volunteer Speedway in Bulls Gap, Tennessee, right up the road from Bristol Motor Speedway. And man, a large NASCAR presence is expected. Chase Briscoe is running a car prepared by Kyle Strickler and Melanie Motorsports. Uh, Kyle Busch is running a car. Kyle Larson is running that Rumley car that he runs all the time. But, you know, these 
These guys are dirt guys, but a lot of them, of course, taking that into preparation for Bristol Dirt this upcoming weekend with NASCAR. That race can be watched on Flow Racing. Also on my calendar, I've got the World of Outlaw and NOS Energy Sprint Cars head to the Midwest with US 36 in Osborne, Missouri on Friday and 81 Speedway in Park City, Kansas on Saturday. You can watch all World of Outlaw racing on Dirt Vision. Back in action is the Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions. They'll double down at Attica this upcoming weekend, both Friday and Saturday, and you can watch all of the All-Star races on Flow Racing. And well, if the weekend is over and you still need some midweek racing fix, we're going to go ahead and tell you about all the midweek racing that happens next week, including the High Limit Sprint Car season finally set to kick off their 2023 campaign after their initial race was canceled due to rain. So on Tuesday the 11th, the series heads to Lakeside Speedway right outside of Kansas City for their first race of the season. $50,000 to win, of course, that being winged sprint cars. High Limit races can be watched on Flow Racing. Also, some dirt late model racing. Man, just a lot of dirt. I think that's just the, the precedent set for this weekend. This weekend is dirt racing weekend in the United States. Uh, the Castro Flow Racing Night in America has a doubleheader on Tuesday and Wednesday, with Tuesday being Eldora Speedway and Brownstown Speedway on Wednesday. Those races, of course, on Flow Racing. And, you know, things are back in swing next week. And after most series teams, tracks are all going to take this weekend off to enjoy Easter weekends with their family. So we hope you have a safe weekend. Again, if you're looking for that racing fix, a lot of uh, local tracks are starting their regular seasons. Look them up. Check their Facebook pages out. Check their websites. Follow the local racers. Get out and support your local short tracks. So next week, we'll have you covered on who won where and what's coming up on Short Track Insider. All right, everybody. Great job, Hannah. Hope you enjoyed that. It's great to hear about what's going on in the short track world out there. And Hannah does a great job bringing us, bringing that to us every single week. Uh, remember, only one show next week. That's the Business of Motorsports Part 2. My sister Kelly Earnhardt interviews Marcus Smith with Mike Davis. And uh, that airs Tuesday. And um, that's it for next week. We're going to, me and, me and Mike are going to Take off. Mike, you got something here. Where are you, where are you going? I'm going to the Grand Canyon. Okay. Mike's going to the Grand Canyon. Where are you I, going? I am not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually working. I got to do a couple things for NBC. Okay. But um, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have a little break, and, and you guys are going to enjoy that Business of Motorsports Part 2. Hope you enjoyed this Thursday's show. You guys, make sure you tune in to hear Tony Furr, yesterday's guest on the Dale Jr. Download. Um, door bumper clear, guys. Uh, action is detrimental. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually detrimental. We'll we'll uh, be looking forward to, you know, Denny's response to whatever happens today in the appeal. That's that. Um, you know, Speed Street's got Chandler Smith was on DBC this week. DBC is a marathon of an episode, and they are all over the board. But uh, if you can hang on, that's a good show to listen to. It's been a busy week at Dirty Mo Media. We are grinding. Our our whole team has been wide wide open, yeah. putting out content, working their guts out. And I hope you guys all appreciate it out there, all the hard work they're doing. Uh, but we'll see you next week. Enjoy uh, Bristol Dirt. I'll be tuning in, um, going away to uh, see some family this weekend in te uh, Texas for Easter weekend. But um, we'll be tuned in, checking out what all the racers are doing out on the racetrack. Well, have a good weekend, man. Check out, check, check, check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>